Hello everyone and welcome to the Trillions channel where we talk all things crypto and investing. Today we have an OG of Celsius Network and someone who has worked in blockchain. His name is Shahar Abrams. We're going to be discussing crypto, Celsius Network, Web3, the macro environment and his Road to Babylon newsletter. Before we start this interview, if you're new to Celsius Network, I believe I have the most extensive set of content on the project on YouTube. Check out the playlist called Celsius Network on my YouTube channel. If you decide to join, I also have a referral code for you. It has changed over the course of this past year to the upside, of course. It is currently $40 in Bitcoin. But if you're listening to this in the future, have a look in the description below where you can find the most updated number. Please read the terms and conditions. You need to deposit a certain amount of crypto and hold it for a certain amount of time. As always, everything mentioned in this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not constitute as financial advice. Feel free to read our disclaimer in the podcast notes. All right, let's get into it. We have the pleasure of having Shahar Abrams on the channel today. Shahar, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. So just for the uh, wider audience listening in, just a bit of background. I was on Shahar's website this weekend. I was reading through his newsletter archives on all things that he's written to his community. I really liked it. And I reached out to him over Twitter to see if he'd be interested in coming onto the channel. So here we are. So uh, before we get into, I guess, crypto and Celsius Network, why don't you just give us a quick once over of your background, like where you've grown up, your education, and also your career in blockchain? Sure. Um, Try to give the not, you know, too long version. So um, I uh, grew up in Alabama. I I lived in Israel. My name is Hebrew. I sometimes get confused with some people actually on the Celsius team because they have a guy named Shahar. Uh, who actually did the web app. Um, but uh, I, I spent a few years in Israel, moved to Birmingham, uh, Alabama, grew up there, went to college in DC, and I uh, ended up, I studied finance in college. So I was always interested in, you know, markets and investing. Um, they, they don't really teach you anything practical there, uh, sadly, but um, I didn't know what I wanted to do going out of college. So I kind of picked, you know, the cop out that a lot of people do, which is consulting. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you go into consulting thinking, oh, I mean, you know, I have a chance to work on a bunch of different projects and, you know, figure out my life. Right. And so that's what I did for a few years. Uh, I was working at IBM um, in the federal consulting practice. I, you know, I, I was still in DC uh, working with governments, you know, on various uh, projects, doing mostly analytic analytics and data, data science uh, type of work. And then um, in 2017, I, you know, found Bitcoin. Um, I, you know, I had heard about it before, but in 2017, for some reason, you know, I decided to kind of finally look into it. Right? And when was this? Uh, at the beginning or the towards the this end? This was of in the middle. Uh, so this is probably the summer. The summer of 2017 i think it was like june july or something like that um so almost exactly four years ago now um and you know and i think maybe the price has had something to do with it you know bitcoin had gone up you know from like one thousand to like two or three thousand and so i was you know starting to pay attention and i and i you know read about it. i read the white paper and kind of from that moment i i knew uh right away that kind of this was 
um, what I wanted to do, you know, with, with, uh, I, I wanted to kind of devote myself to this technology. I, I think I saw in it, you know, an answer or a potential answer right away to, you know, a lot of the, the problems that bothered me, you know, in society, but specifically trust, right. The ability, you know, for us to trust, you know, what we do online and, and have, you know, and that kind of wasn't fully formed, you know, in my mind at the time, but I, I knew that, you know, I was hooked. Um, so I, uh, you know, I bought some Bitcoin, I bought some Litecoin, and I bought a whole bunch of uh, shit coins because I was just kind of like in this mode of like, oh, you know, this is going to solve everything, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so I bought a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, I put a little, a chunk of money into it. And uh, everyone, you know, everyone told me, you know, I was kind of crazy. Um, and it, it went up, you know, five, six hundred percent, right, in the next six months, right, which was total luck, right? I, I had no sense of timing the market, uh, timing the cycle, whatever. Um, so anyway, you know, I did very well, very quickly. Um, and, you know, then, of course, everyone was telling me to sell um, at the top at, at the end of 17 and uh, beginning of 18. And I, of course, you know, ignored them because I was like, you know, you guys are the same people that told me I was crazy in the first place. So I'm not listening to you. And, uh, and, and I've ended up, you know, losing all of the money that I had made. I, I hodled all through the bear market basically. Right. And went back down to, uh, uh, square one. Um, uh, and, but, you know, I, I kept that, you know, in its own way, it was very motivating to me. Right. And I think a lot of people kind of had that experience that they were very humbled you know, by that whole bear market and, and the pain of just watching all of your gains just disappear and then even go negative, you know, after all that. Um, and, you know, you, you get to work and learn. And I, you know, I knew that I wanted to work in the space. Um, uh, I was very interested in that technology. So, um, and around 2018, towards the end of 2018, I started in an uh, official capacity actually working for IBM blockchain. So IBM had just stood up their government uh, blockchain practice, um, was, was standing it up. It was like one or two people at the time and I joined um, and I started, you know, working on blockchain projects uh, for the U.S. government, um, which were mostly kind of, you know, pilots, um, you know, uh, proof, proofs of concept and pilots, you know, way for the government to, you know, feel out the technology and what could do for them. Um, and that was a cool experience, you know, um, uh, I won't get, you know, we can talk more about some of my experiences, you know, doing that later, but I did that for a few years. Um, I, you know, I, I continued investing in crypto. I think 20, by, by the, you know, by the end of 2019, I had really sold all of my stocks and other investments. <laughs> I, was just, I was just all in, all you know, in. at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, and the rest is kind of history. I, you know, I, and obviously things worked out very well. Um, I was a very, you know, sell token was one of the ones I was sort of fortunate um, to find um, in the bear market. And I met, you know, Alex Mashinsky at a conference that IBM sent me to, you know, I was there for work uh, and I met him, um, learned about the app, um, you know, started using it and saw it working and, you know, and, and started buying sell token. Um, but, you know, when it was back when you could only get it on IDEX um, in the IDEX days, you know, and 
um, have very low cost basis. And um, that was kind of one of the key fat, you know, that that did very well. Other investments did very well. And so long story short, um, this past January, I, I left IBM after six and a half years. And I decided I wanted to really focus on um, trying to uh, bring awareness, you know, to the space and, and educate people, edu especially, you know, younger people and new investors um, and, you know, older people that are interested, you know, in the space and, um, uh, you know, about what this stuff is, how it works, what it means and how to kind of, you know, invest in it with a plan, right, with intention um, uh, in, in kind of in what I believe is the right way and uh, in, in doing what's worked for me. Um, so that is kind of what I'm working on now. And I have, you know, a, a business I just started. Uh, I live in Atlanta now. Um, I went back down south after a long time in DC. Um, my business is Road to Babylon, uh, roadtobabylon.org. Um, and I am, you know, working on educational content. I do a newsletter every week that you alluded to um, that I put a lot of work into. And I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, and then the big thing, you know, in the next few months, I will be releasing a, a course, which I'm really, you know, want, want to be like, you know, the crypto investors toolkit, you know, so for anyone from a beginner to intermediate level, I think people that are more advanced, you know, if you've been in the space for several years, you know, you're, you're, you know, you, you might still get some stuff out of it. Um, but it's really geared towards the beginner and intermediate, um, crypto, uh, the crypto curious and, you know, crypto investors and people that want to really level up uh, their ability to invest in the space. Yeah. So yeah. long answer, but yeah, that, no, that's good. Uh, we can touch on all the things that you mentioned. So just out of curiosity. So when you said in 2017, people were telling you to sell, were they people who were actually in the market or was it just uh, friends and family uh, oh, bystanders? No, no. They were, uh, yeah, no, they, it was, it was friends and family, you know, and, right. you know, I, I would just tell people, you know, that, that I was up a lot. Right. And they were like, Oh, well, you know, you should, you're up that much in a short period of time, you know, you should sell. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't, it's not like I should have, it's not like they knew what they were talking about, but there was, uh, you know, there was some sense to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turned out. Yeah, at the time, you most probably would have thought it's going to the moon, but, you know, everything comes down. And we've seen that very recently, right? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, honestly, I kind of knew it was in a bubble. Like, it did seem like a bubble to me. Yeah. But I just, you know, it's it's like the kind of thing, like, it goes down and you think, oh, well, I can't sell now. You know, it's down 20, like, it'll bounce back, right? You just, yeah. you just believe, like, it's going to it's going to bounce back. It's not over. Um, and yeah. And it just keeps going down. Yeah, and it's very similar to what we've just seen very recently. So we've had, um, if anyone's watching this in the future, we've had a very sharp sell-off in Bitcoin and the wider crypto space. And and I think the message that most people would have got is, look, you need to take profits at different parts and, and obviously risk manage, not use leverage. There are some really good lessons to learn here because this is the precursor to the peak. Like it's going to be even uglier if we have a blow off top uh, at the end of this cycle. But I think uh, one thing that we actually spoke about sort of uh, offline was about people getting lucky. Like, and I think um, whenever anyone mentions, oh, you know, you got into this project very early, you were lucky. But I think this demonstrates those who have survived till today 
have done it because of diamond hands. Like there is a reason why they say that it's during the, the thick of yeah. a sell-off, you do not budge, you do not move. And sometimes you would most probably add to your position if you are bullish long-term on the fundamentals. So, um, I mean, do you want to just give some sort of context of when you got into sell token? Because I, I would imagine out of all the projects you're in right now, you most probably dollar cost averaged uh, at a very low point relative to the other projects. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so, you know, projects that I invest in, i.e., you know, projects that I've done the fundamental research on and that I have conviction in, you know, I know I want to be an investor. Um, I, I dollar cost average those, right? Um, um, and that was, I dollar cost averaged sell predominantly, you know, I think at the end of 2018 and maybe a little bit at the beginning of 2019. So, my cost, yeah, my, you know, I have probably one of the lowest cost bases possible, possible for, you know, between something between three and five cents uh, is, my, is my cost basis. Um, and yeah, and so the context, right, like I kind of alluded to, right, I got sent to a conference um, for work. Uh, it, was, it was spur of the moment, uh, really. It was like, you know, they called me up, you know, like on a Wednesday and they're like, we have, there's a conference this weekend across the country you know, we have an extra ticket to, you want to go? And I, and I said, yes. And I um, was there um, and I saw Alex Mashinsky, you know, give one of, you know, the very early presentations on uh, money over IP, um, MOIP and, you know, going VoIP to MOIP and, and the idea of Celsius, right? And it immediately struck me as really cool, right? The ability to earn yield on crypto because I had crypto. It was just sitting on exchanges. And yeah. so that was, it was, you know, kind of, it was uh, Eureka, you know, it was, it was really cool. So um, I go backstage, I was lucky to have like a VIP, you know, ticket. Was, this was a small conference, right? And it was in the bear market, right? So there was not many people there. But, um, but I, I had, you know, this random VIP ticket because there was an IBMer uh, that was speaking there. And so I went into, you know, the back VIP room where it's just, you know, basically a room where they have like a free bowl and that was really it. Um, but Alex is there, you know, talking to people and I go up and, and talk to him and I asked him all of the, you know, questions that, you know, anyone that tunes into an AMA, you know, hears every week, right? The, the this is too, too good to be true. And, you know, how, how are you doing this? And how does this make sense? Right. And, and he answered, you know, all my questions like he does uh, almost every week, even twice a week, you know, if you go into clubhouse. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and I was kind of sold from there. And I, you know, looked into who he was. And I, you know, looked in, I even was fortunate to later that month in, in October, was a conference in Vegas, um, called, you know, uh, World CryptoCon Vegas, or I don't know, um, it is in, you know, the end of October 2018, like over Halloween, and him and the team, uh, some of the Celsius team were actually there. So like Leah Jonas, um, some of the very early members of the team and I actually met them as well. And so that just, you know, kind of built my conviction more. So, so look, I think that was lucky, right? The, my, the fact that I met him at that time when the price, you know, was that low and I missed kind of all the, because all these guys like Josh, you know, Kevin that were ICO investors, right? They had to have kind of more diamond hands than me, right? Because they bought in maybe a 20, 30 cents, the ICO price and watched it, you know, bleed, right? Like 90% of its value over uh, the bear market, like six months of the bear market, right? To where it was, you know, three, three to four cents in October when I found it. 
Right. Yeah. And I missed all of that. Right. I missed all the, you know, no app bud and nothing you can do with self token yeah. bud. And, you know, I, when I found it, there was an app and you could use it in our interest. And that's what I did. And I saw it working. And, and so I bought it. Um, so that was, you know, I think about luck kind of in this way, you know, it's a very interesting topic. You know, I think that all luck really is opportunity, you know, in that there's always, you know, there, there's, it's, it's kind of an, it's an opportunity that you're in the right place to take advantage of, right? Yeah. We, we all kind of have, I think, these, oppor- you know, these opportunities that go by. I think everyone has a story, right, of an opportunity that they didn't take advantage of or like something that they let pass by. Um, and, you know, when you're, I think the best you can do is, right, try to put yourself in a position where you learn to recognize those opportunities to where you can take advantage of them. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, I was very lucky to find Alex, you know, to run into Alex at a conference and find the token when I did. Um, on the other hand, you know, I could have easily not taken advantage of that, right? I could have easily, you know, not, not had the right mindset to jump into that. So there's kind of the luck aspect of it and there's opportunity and like, you know, yesterday or like, um, you know, the, these events that happen um, all the time in crypto where price, you know, crashes by uh, 70, 80, per, you know, by, by uh, 40 plus percent, you know, in a couple of days, um, you know, that that's, uh, you can look at that as opportunity, right? Um, opportunity to, to buy in and it's hard to, um, it's hard to recognize in the moment. You know, in, in the moment when I went up and talked to Alex, I had no idea that that would, you know, completely, completely like change my life, right? And, and even a year later, right, after holding sell token for over a year, you know, it was still at, at basically where I bought it. It took a long time for it to do anything, right? And so it, it was, um, so, you know, you're right about that. You, you have to have the conviction, you have to have the plan, uh, and that part is not luck. Um, but, you know, finding the opportunity, there's, there's some luck to that, you know, not everybody gets the same opportunities. Um, but, but everyone does get opportunities. Um, so you have to kind of be in the right place to say, you know, this is a, this is a big opportunity and I'm not going to, you know, pass it up and I'm going to execute on it. Um, and then when, when you do that, you, you take the luck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think you're, you're being very modest because whilst you may have got in uh, at a lower entry point than ICO investors, as you alluded to in the 2020 crash of COVID, sell token went back down to maybe maybe slightly lower than your average, because I think we hit like three cents, uh, I believe at maybe yeah, some exchanges. Yeah, it went from like 30 cents back down to three cents or something. Yeah. So, I mean, at any point, you could have decided, you know what, I'm out, I'm, I'm going to change to fiat. And also, whilst you've been waiting for it to take off, there is that opportunity cost of another project pumping or a major altcoin like Ethereum or ADA or whatever. Um, you had the option of switching out of sell token, but you, you stayed committed. So I think that's not lucky. That's more of a mindset. And I think that, yeah, that that's a plan, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of following your plan. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part. And, and I think what the reference that I want to make is since the beginning of this year, we've seen sell token go pretty much sideways. 
we've been range bound, say between $4 and seven ish. So again, if you believe in the long term of the project, and obviously this is not financial advice, but this is just how I'm thinking about it. And I'm sure you might be as well, is if you're thinking more longer term, and if you can see the kind of disruption that this project is doing, and what it's going to be replicating in the sort of the old legacy space, there is potentially, in my opinion, huge upside. It's just a question of whether you're willing to wait it out or you're going to be looking at all these pumps that are happening on the sidelines that's kind of distracting in some way. And I feel it like, oh man, every day I feel it. Like when I look at things going up 10x in a short period of time, it hurts. Um, But, you know, you just don't never know when it's sell tokens turn or, or any of the projects that you hold really. We, we should all just get off of Twitter, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, great, um, it's a great way to learn things and be aware of stuff. But it, on the other side, it is also very painful to watch and realize, ah, I could have got something for a couple of cents and now it's a couple of dollars. So, so yeah, it is, uh, it is painful. But this, this is all part of learning and everyone's on yeah. different parts of their journeys, right? Like you are right. a little bit more. And, and what you have to remember, I think like what you're saying is, is absolutely right. We, we all struggle with that. Um, what I like to think about, what helps me with that um, kind of mindset thing and, and getting back to, okay, what's my plan is, you know, everyone, you know, posts on Twitter and social media, you know, when they make a 10x, right? And they're like, oh, I got into this token and it went 10x and, you know, <laughs> I'm doing so well. They all post that, right? You, you don't, nobody posts <laughs> when the opposite thing happens, right? Um, and you know what? That happens just as often, if not more often. So you can think about it as, oh, shoot, you know, I messed up the opportunity cost. I didn't, you know, sell to get into this token. You know, I didn't allocate, you know, my capital into this token and get the 10x. On the other hand, you know, you could have allocated to another token that went down 90%. And a lot of people did that. You know, they just don't post about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you don't see it. It doesn't, you don't get that promo. But, um, Kind of remember that, you know, like for, for everyone that's posting the 10x, you know, you know, opportunity that they got and were able to, to take advantage of, you know, there's all the people that, you know, did that did the wrong thing, right, and, and didn't follow their plan and, you know, moved their capital to somewhere else that they were familiar with, and, and it didn't work out. So, you know, it's, it's two sides to the coin, and, and uh, we overweight what we see, right? We have a bias towards, um, you know, what, what we, what we see, you know, people doing because that's what, that's what we see. That's what people post. Um, but, but you got to remember the, uh, the iceberg under the ocean, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see is, is there. Yeah. No, no, you make, make a good point there. Uh, but just just sticking on cell token, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Like, um, what do you think the potential is? What do you think the potential is for Celsius network? Um, any any sort of commentary on that would be quite helpful for the community. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. You know, my my thesis on sell token really hasn't changed um, since three years ago or two and a half years ago. Um, I think it has an opportunity to be you know one of the big winners in the space. Um, and the reason why is because so so I'm not one of the guys. Um, and and there are a few people that have done this very well, like. Um, uh, Josh T and, uh, 
uh, like Plan C, right? These guys that have gone deep into the metrics and the math and calculated all this stuff and, you know, come up with these very kind of specific, you know, price target ranges. And, and, and I'm more of a macro kind of narrative guy. Um, I think that Cell is going to win because they have something um, very important in common with companies like Netflix and Amazon. Uh, and that's a laser focus on delighting their customers. Okay. Like plain and simple, like um, they, you know, people love Celsius network. Why? Because they cover all your fees. They, and they just are laser focused on your best interests, right? Mashinsky talks about it all the time and they have lived that and executed on it uh, for years now. They have a track record of it. Um, and they listen to the community. Um, uh, Machin it's, it's incredible to me, you know, that, that Mashinsky, this guy who is on his third billion dollar company, right? Uh, and has, by the way, like five kids, right? Is on Clubhouse, you know, every week and YouTube every week um, live answering everyone's questions. And by the way, the same questions. Same question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a laser focus on customer satisfaction and doing what's in the best interest of your customers. And I think that's really, really big. I think that's why these other companies like Amazon, you know, have been so successful. That's what they'll tell you, right? If you ask uh, Bezos, you know, why has Amazon been successful? He's like, well, we have an obsession over our customers and we give them the best deals. That is a no brainer for them. And, um, you know, it turns out that works very well. Um, so that's the biggest thing, I think. And then, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that's kind of a competitive differentiator for them, right? Because there, there are other, you know, there's, there's other, com you know, competitors we all know about. We don't have to talk about them, right? They're having their own problems um, that just aren't, aren't doing that, you know, as well. Um, and I think that, you know, the other thing that makes me incredibly bullish is, you know, knowing uh, as much of the team that I do, you know, having met, you know, many of these people, um, including all of the C-suite and most of the very early employees, like, you know, their passion and dedication to the company is really uh, incredible, right? Um, and the, and, and I've seen the community as well, you know, how it's grown over time and how the way that this company, you know, inspires people um, and it did it for me, right? And it's, and it's done it for you. Um, where, you know, you see what they're doing, you see how transparent they're being, and you see the value that they're creating week in and week out um, for all of us. And it's incredibly empowering um, and it's incredibly inspiring and, um, you know, and it's life changing. It, it's, uh, it's allowed me, right, to, I, I live off my interest uh, from Celsius Network and that's a real, and I have become, right, you know, a huge ambassador for the company. I was one of the first ambassadors um, and I've, you know, continued to be an ambassador and that's what, you know, they get tons and tons of free marketing that way. So, you know, um, it's all these things together, you know, I, you know, that's what makes me the most bullish on it. Uh, obviously there are lots of, you know, catalysts, uh, coming up, um, in terms of new features, um, you know, that, that are going to be in the app that, that we all know about, you know, I think cell swap is, uh, probably the one, I think the two that I'm most excited about, you know, and we don't know what this, you know, mega deal announcement is going to be. Um, but the two I'm most excited about are um, cell swap because that is, you know, going after kind of the business of 
these you know major exchanges that we know aren't acting in the best interests of their customers. Um, and it's kind of bringing this the Celsius model of acting you know acting in the best interests of your customers and focus on user delight. Um, and it's bringing that feature into you know this app and this community of you know being able to exchange your tokens um, uh, without needing to use uh, these these other exchanges. So I think that's really huge. It, it'll be very interesting to see um, how many people you know that are using Coinbase to exchange tokens. I know I do um, move that into Celsius, and that'll have to do with how you know good the feature is, right? How easy yeah, it is to yeah. use and, and that kind of thing. The second thing I'm I'm most excited about is the credit card, um, which we don't have many details on yet. Um, uh, Mashinsky has said many times, you know, that uh, when they do a credit card, right, they want it to be something really unique and good, right? And when Mashinsky says that, you know, I I you know I I trust this guy. I tend to believe him. Um, so whatever they do come up with, uh, you know, could have some really cool features, but just at the base level, right? Allowing people to, I get a question a lot. You know, I talk to a lot of new investors, um, right? And, and they all ask, you know, well, what can I do? You know, what, what can I use this stuff for? And how do I, you know, if I want to invest in it, if I want to put my dollars into it, like into stable coins, right? Which I tell everyone to do, um, <laughs> you know, how, you know, I have, how, how do I use that? Do I have to transfer it back to my bank and go through these steps. And, and the answer now is yes, you do, right? Um, and that's a little bit annoying, right? Um, but once we solve that problem, right? Once we give people a way to actually use their funds in the app uh, like they would a bank, you know, I think we just, uh, I think that's huge. Um, so those are the two, you know, uh, catalyst. I mean, there are lots of catalysts, but if I had to pick two that make me very, very bullish uh, for the future, the, those are the two um, that I'm very excited about. Yeah, and it's not like it's uh, next year or the year after. These things are very imminent. Yeah, it's going to be in the next few yeah. quarters, uh, at least as a beta, or if not, completely rolled out to certain geographies. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like the, the credit card will attract the casuals. So anyone who is in consumer finance who just want to, or you know, who doesn't have a credit score, or essentially love spending their money but don't necessarily want to want it to come out of their income. It could be through their interest income. And I think you're right with sell swap. I think it would be interesting to see how it all works out in a bear market. Like I don't think many people manage to catch the bottom of that um, capitulation. Like most people said, like Coinbase, uh, Voyager, and a few other apps were down. So you didn't necessarily call the bottom. So it'll be interesting to see from the back end how they do it and such that they don't make a loss. You don't want Celsius to make a loss, but if they're able to uh, enable their customers to capture those kind of price movements, because that would be game changing then. Cause then you wouldn't, yeah, like you said, why would you transfer your assets out from Celsius to a Coinbase and then back in? So there's lots of you know fees you're paying back and forth. And also right. they take a chunk of your money when, when, when you're, when you're trading with them. So I think right. those two things are very exciting. And that's just two things. There are so many other things that will be coming on on the app very soon. So yeah, like you said, there's, it's almost like the fundamentals will take care of sell token. Like you just need to invest in what's actually coming across. And once the masses come across, they will then see that there is yield and they will hopefully want to be platinum and they'll be buying the sell token. 
just for having that status, but then they'll also be earning interest on it and, and opting to earn in-sale opposed to in-kind. So yeah, yeah it's, it's very exciting. And, uh, and that gets to what you just touched on, right? It, it's something that I didn't talk about, but that is also really important is, is the tokenomic model, right, of sell tokens. So any, any crypto project that you might invest in by buying the token, right, you have to know what is the tokenomics, you know, of, of that. Because if you have a token, right, anybody can make a token, right? If you have a token, um, there has to be a purpose, you know, to that token. There has to be something driving the value of it kind of naturally within the context of either the application, if it's like an app token, like sell token, or if the ecosystem, if it's something like Ethereum or Bitcoin. Um, so that is something that, that's another thing that I recognized early on that I think Celsius was doing very well is their whole tokenomics model. First off, you know, they're never going to mint any more coins so that, you know, we don't have to worry about any of that. But um, it's very simple, right? The more AUM in the app, the more user funds are held in the app, the more buybacks they're going to be able to sell, right? And there are some other variables, um, about you know how many people are earning and sell how much actual sell token you know is held in the app but you know people earn and sell right i think actually people earning and sell is at close to an all-time high right now it's like a 60 some percent yeah um and that will be available soon to right us accredited investors um which which could be a big deal um but you know it's but at the end of the day it's very simple you know if, if aum and the app goes up then uh you know, there's going to be more sell token buybacks um, and an expectation of more buybacks and that should drive up the price, right? So the easiest thing in the world to do is to just pull up a chart of the sell price and Celsius AUM and compare them, right? And see when, the, when there's a pretty big gap that forms, you know, that's when, you know, you have kind of the highest uh, opportunity, right? Or, or uh, risk reward, right? Of buying the token. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, they're going to keep increasing AUM for the reasons that I told you earlier, right? Just the fact that they are doing the right things and totally focused on uh, user delight and are succeeding in that. Yeah. And, and I think once they, now that sell token is being recognized as a collateral uh, and once it's on DeFi projects like Aave, Maker, Compound and all of those uh, other, other platforms, that's when sell on sell interest will take care of itself. And at that point, that's when everything changes, like for the upside. That'll also be, if we can get sell token, like you said, as, as more of a collateral in, you know, the DeFi ecosystem, that's huge. I'm, I'm doing my part. Um, I have some sell token. So Bancor network, um, which is an AMM, um, they, they have it. And I, uh, have some sell token in there and, you know, and it do, does all right. I think I've got the, the APR is fairly similar to what you would get in the app. It does cost a lot in uh, Ethereum fees to, de- to deposit into something like Bancor, which is, you know, has some complex smart contracts you have to use. So definitely don't recommend it um, to everyone. But um, but on days like uh, yesterday uh, and even today, the, the fees on Bancor are really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you get and so you get the So the APR is very variable based on because you're getting a percentage of the trading fees that are going through yeah. Bancor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some, most days it's pretty low. And then you have a day like yesterday with really high volume and suddenly you lay, it's like 50%, right. Yeah. For that day. So, um, yeah. 
yeah, but that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, but I think it's also it's 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 positive for the company because um, the sell on sell interest will take its take care of itself, and then that four point eight six percent, which is currently the rate right now, that can be increased if there is more uh, if they can deploy more of their treasury onto these platforms because then that really right. changes the tokenomics to the upside in my opinion at least right anything that increases the productivity of the sell token um you know the company has uh, uh around 100 110 million or a little or over that over 100 million sell tokens you know in the treasury so as the productivity of the sell token increases in the ecosystem you know compound that by the treasury and then consider that they're going to pay 80 percent of that back um yeah pretty exciting it's powerful yeah um, look, um, some, something that we wanted to talk about was sort of the macro environment and Web3. Uh, do you want to take a stab at that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, this has become kind of my favorite way to explain to new investors in particular, um, you know, the, the kind of what, what this is about, right? And why people are excited about this, um, you know, because I try to steer people away from the you know, let's invest to make a quick buck or like, you know, this seems cool and, you know, you know, into like really what is going on here and why this is um, a big movement. Um, and so here's how I, you know, kind of like to explain it, right? So, so you know, we have um, over the past several years, uh, let me start here. You know, the internet started in really like uh, the early 90s, you know, 1989 or something was, was the birth of like the World Wide Web. Um, uh, and at the beginning, you know, all you could do on this internet was go and consume content, right? It was like a read only internet, you know, people had some websites up there, there was some porn and like, you know, you go and you do that, right? And, and that's all you can really do. Um, over the past several years, um, what has happened is we found a way to transact information on this internet um, at basically zero cost, right? So we brought the cost of transferring information from what it was before, you know, via mail or, um, you know, or making a telephone call, something like that to, you know, you can type something and send an email, right? And you can do all, you know, you can send information point to point, right? Permissionlessly, right? Just via the internet um, uh, and basically for free, right? So we created, and what that resulted in uh, over time was the internet of information, right? Which yeah. we now have, right? And this is kind of a read write internet where you can, uh, you go to web like websites like Facebook, you know, and even uh, Amazon, Netflix, Google, right? All of these websites, the, the content on them is kind of created by us, right? You, you know, the reason Google search, search results are so good is because they have data from all of us. And the reason that, you know, Facebook is so, um, you know, or Instagram or whatever, or Twitter is, is so valuable is because we're all on there making content, right? Um, and the site itself is just a protocol for us to exchange it, right? Um, so anyway, right, the internet of information uh, disrupted um, every traditional business that mediated an information, okay? Um, and the effects of that are still being felt, right? And um, governments still try and figure out how to deal with that, right? Um, now, something very important happened in 2009 with the Bitcoin white paper, which is finally, right, we, we discovered something that people have been working on for a while, which was how do we, 
how do we actually transact something of value over this internet of information, right? And this is a hard problem because, you know, when I send you an email, you know, with an attachment of something, right, you get the attachment, but, you know, I still have the attachment, right? I'm sending you a copy. Um, so I could send it, you know, it, so you can't do that with money, right? And this was called, right, the double spend problem. How do you make sure that, you know, you're not sending a copy of the data, you're actually sending the actual thing. So what Bitcoin discovered is basically digital scarcity, right? How do we do this while preventing double spend and ensuring that, you know, everything is trustworthy? Um, once you figure that out, you have digital scarcity. Once you have digital scarcity, you have digital value. Um, so we found out how we could transact digital value. That was big. Then a few years later, Ethereum created the smart contract. Okay, and what the smart contract is, is the ability to code applications, business rules, right, that interact and even um, execute, right, uh, uh, the transaction of digital value. So what this gives us together, you have digital value plus the ability to create um, applicate native applications that use digital value, um, you create the foundation for the internet of value. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and basically this means, you know, we have the ability to transact value point to point permissionlessly. Currently it's not very cheap. Sometimes it's cheap depending <laughs> on what you use, um, but that will get better. Um, and we have the ability to create, you know, contracts that use this value to do anything. Right. Um, uh, so we have a read, write, execute internet, right? Web three. That's what people talk about when they say web three, right? This, this ability, it's, it's a next phase of the internet, right? Nobody thought, um, you know, nobody seriously thought the internet was done, right? That we were done evolving the internet and, and it won't be done, right? It's going to, you know, I, I don't know what comes next, um, but it's going to keep evolving. But so if you kind of adopt that mindset, then of course, right, we would have a next version of the internet um, and the internet of value um, makes a lot of sense. And so like the internet of information disrupted pretty much every business that mediated in the information, the internet of value is going to disrupt pretty much every business that mediates in value. And when you think about the nature of a contract, what is a contract? A contract is one or more people entering into an agreement that, okay, you uh, pay me this and I'll do this for you. Okay, you pay me this and I'll pay you back, you know, X amount in a certain amount of time, that's a loan. You pay me this, I'll, you know, if X, Y, Z happens, I'll pay you back uh, this amount by this time. That's insurance, right? If you pay me this, I will make sure you get this certain thing, right? That's just normal business, right? So <laughs> when you, you start to realize that, wait a second, you know, that's almost everything, you know, that, that we're using to mediate value, um, you know, online, you know, all has to run through certain things and there's friction because we can't natively trust, right? That, that value mediation. So we need third parties. We need to pay for that trust, right? And now we don't, right? Now we, we pay a network fee for the trust, right? And the rest is, is um, our own, we, but we don't have to trust anything, right? We, we can trust the consensus. So, um, so that is kind of the, big concept that I want to explain, you know, when I talk about the macro environment that, you know, what, once you kind of digest that, um, you can also realize, you know, just how early this is, right? We, we have just started to um, recreate uh, some of the first applications to replace the traditional, 
mediators of value. And that's what DeFi is. That's one of the reasons I'm very excited about DeFi and things like Celsius is because these are the first applications on the internet of value, right? That are reimagining, recreating as we speak, the way we uh, mediate value in the future. Yeah. And I think financial services as an industry as a whole hasn't had that much disruption. So it is oh, yeah. right, right for disruption. Exactly. And, and yeah, I think all the fees and as Alex would say, the toll collectors, they're, they're all being sort of pushed aside and it's being, I guess it's, it's going to be a very streamlined service where anyone who wants to interact with somebody else can do it permission, perm, permissionless. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. And, and, and apart from DeFi, what other spaces are you kind of looking at that that's of interest? Yeah. Well, you know, if you take that framing um, and I, I go into the, I'm going to go into this a lot more like in the course, um, but when you take that framing um, you can really start to look at everything, right? Every, everything that, that is uh, mediation of value that has some really bad friction associated with that. Um, so I spent a lot of time at IBM actually um, hitting my head against the wall, trying to figure out, you know, uh, uh, healthcare, right? How, how this could impact healthcare. Um, and, you know, we talked to the government about that. I used to work with the, the center for Medicare Medicaid, you know, that does all the Medicare claims. And I mean, we, I can't even begin to tell you, you know, the type of problems that, that they have. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, healthcare is definitely a big area. That's going to take a long time, though, because that is just a super complex um, industry. I think, you know, we've seen, I, I would kind of follow the market a little bit, right? So um, DeFi is clearly number one, because the whole financial sector, like, that's all they do, right, is mediate value. So that's an obvious one. Um, uh, what's going on with NFTs, right, opens up so, so many use cases, right? Um, so once you can digitally represent um, unique things, i.e. things in the real world, um, on these trustless systems uh, like Ethereum, um, and then build uh, uh, business rules around that, right, you can do so much. So, um, you know, I think a few that people are very excited about, you know, where I share in the excitement is, is gaming um, uh, and, you know, things like insurance, right? Um, uh, so, so these are going to be very, very big areas. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not in any rush um, as an investor, right? Because I think they're going to be a proliferation of uh, applications and projects and companies that are going to go after these issues, which is great. Um, but, you know, most of them are going to fail, right? Because these are not easy issues. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, because of network effects, right, um, uh, there's probably only going to be a few winners, um, right, in right. each space. Um, so, you know, I'm being patient there. Um, but I, you know, the, those are areas I'm going to watch closely. And, and my, uh, you know, my thesis is, you know, if it's a traditional industry that mediates value that has pretty low customer satisfaction, because of uh, how much friction there is and how bad that process is now today, um, then that's a big, big candidate. Yeah, and just uh, touching on the NFT topic, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, people who would say, oh, look, automation's coming, there's gonna be lots of jobs lost. Just 
the NFT market in itself will open up a ton of jobs in the creativity sector where oh, yeah. people weren't able to monetize their time in art, but now they have the opportunity. And if you just take the music industry as an example, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's definitely a really small percentage that the artists actually take home. A lot of it is just kind of um, people along the way who are just taking a piece of that pie. So I find that to be very fascinating. And, and, and like you said, there will be many other sectors where this, this technology will disrupt to the point that so many more jobs will open that we just cannot see right now. And I think that's just very fascinating. And I think that's, a, I guess, a topic for another time because uh, I don't think we have time to cover DeFi, NFTs and things like that. Uh, I think we, we should definitely run this again and, and go through projects and your thesis on certain things that you think are interesting for you. Uh, but maybe if we just touch upon your your website, your your newsletter, and just go into a bit more detail of what people can expect from your newsletter and and maybe just give a bit more, I know we spoke about it right at the beginning, but just a little bit more detail on this course that you mentioned. Sure. Um, so yeah, starting with the newsletter, I mean, I wanted a way to kind of um, you know, share with, uh, it started as a way for me to share with, you know, I had a lot of friends asking me about crypto and, um, you know, and, and a lot of the same questions, of course, right. And, and I wanted a way to share kind of my thoughts consistently um, with them and, and with others, right, on to, to try and help people, right, try and try and help you because this is a, as, as people have now seen, right, it, it seemed easy for a while, right. And I always kind of warned that, like, you know, it's not normal for it to be this easy, right, where everything just kind of is going up. Um, and now, as, as we've seen, right, it's, it's not that easy. Um, and uh, the, the market, you know, is, is a beast, you know, on, on its own. Um, so in my newsletter, I share, you know, I, I'm not always talking about the market, you know, a lot of the time I talk about, you know, just interesting things going on in crypto, because I, you know, I'm in the fortunate position where I just spend all my time on this. So I'm, you know, just always uh, researching and, and reading and learning. And I, you know, have my industry contacts uh, from, you know, the blockchain space and, and, and other types of groups. And so I, you know, I, I get a lot of good information and I, you know, like to be able to share that um, with other people. Um, uh, so that's what the newsletter is. I'd say, you know, every, every, uh, you know, I, I keep people updated, you know, on what's going on with the market, but I have the uh, position of a long-term investor, right? So I'm not trying to tell people, you know, do this this week and then do that next week and, you know, all that crap, you know, I'm, I'm sharing um, pieces of the long-term thesis, right, as they develop and important news and, you know, and interesting things that, that are going on, right, in the crypto uh, space. So I have no shortage of content, really, um, every week to do. Um, so I, you know, I, I put, a, a, a lot of time in that. I think, uh, the newsletter is very good. Uh, I've made it free. Um, um, you can find an archive of all of my newsletters I've done. I think I started this in, in early February or mid February. Um, so if you're interested in seeing, you know, kind of what that looks like, go on to, you know, road to Babylon.org, um, and go to the newsletter section. Um, and you'll see the archive of every previous newsletter. Uh, we update it um, every, every Monday. You know, I do the newsletter on Monday to correspond with uh, Celsius interest. 
Um, nice. Uh, I think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find uh, all the previous newsletters there and you can sign up for free um, on the website and, um, and you know, you'll, you'll start getting the road to Babylon newsletter and you can tell me what you think about it. You can tell me if it sucks. Um, I'm open to all feedback. Um, yeah. And just to add to that, so, you know, he's talked about things like Bitcoin versus gold. He's talked about NFTs. Uh, he's then gone on to talk about inflation and the environmental impact on Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum and the major sort of upcoming catalysts. So there is a wide range of subjects. It's not kind of specific to sort of one project or, you know, like a, like yeah. a maxi. Uh, so if you are new to crypto or just someone who is, I guess, uh, experience and just want a, a different set of information from another sort of, uh, I guess, invest in an investor's point of view, then it's, it's quite, quite handy to have. And, you know, even if you don't want to, uh, sign up, it's, it's just available on the website. You can read everything. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I found it quite handy. I mean, and again, this is not sponsored, uh, nothing like that. I, I literally just came because we follow each other on Twitter and I, Sometimes I, when I have free time, I just go through other people's content and I binge through it. I did it with Steven's stuff and I brought him onto the channel as well. So, uh, so yeah, I found it of value. So I thought I'd share it with the community. Uh, but yeah, and, and just finally, before, before I let you go, um, you mentioned that you are building a course potentially for new people. I'm assuming it will be somewhat of the same things that you cover in the newsletter, but more in depth. Yeah. So, I mean, the newsletter is more, you know, it's, it, and I appreciate you, you know, made that point. Like it is very, you know, a lot of different topics. I, I basically try to provide, you know, my commentary, um, you know, on what's happening, right? Uh, because the space moves a million miles a minute. You know, I can't even keep up with it, you know, and I'm full time. I agree. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you hear about stuff that happens, you read stuff on Twitter, you see FUD, right? Or you, you know, see this and this. And, and I try to provide, you know, kind of thoughtful, commentary on, you know, um, from, you know, the perspective I have as someone that's worked in the space and been an investor in the space for several years, um, and has a lot of kind of close contacts. Um, so I think that's valuable. Uh, the, the course is really, um, an investor's toolkit. Um, so I, so I'm trying to kind of put everything that I've learned, um, over the past several years, um, you know, both as an investor and working in the industry into kind of a complete crypto investors toolkit. Um, so everything from, you know, a, a very deep understanding of how does crypto work, right? And what, what actually, what is consensus? What is mining? What is proof of work versus proof of stake? You know, what are the major considerations there? What are the things to watch for um, to, you know, how to actually how to, how to form an investment plan, right? How to invest, like I said before, with intention, um, how to, you know, uh, be able to have a plan so that when, you know, the things like what happened yesterday happen, you know, you, you aren't um, gonna do something unreasonable or you're gonna be able to be a buyer or you're gonna, you know, act, very, act rationally, right? And um, to, uh, you know, how to do fundamental research, right? How to, how to do fundamental research in crypto, how to evaluate kind of crypto projects. Um, two, uh, also doing, I do lots of demos. So I show people how to use, um, you know, DeFi applications like Uniswap. I show people how to set up wallets. Um, 
I do a little demo for Celsius, of course. Celsius is, uh, of course, part of the course. So I do kind of an in-depth, in you know, giving people my thesis on Celsius, uh, with some of which I've talked about today and, you know, uh, uh, do some demos around that. I have a demo on doing uh, fundamental research. And then I also share some deep dives into other projects um, uh, in the course. So, it, you know, it's going to be four to six hours worth of content. Um, and I think it's going to be really good. Um, I'm trying to price it to where it's going to be accessible. And, you know, the kind of thing that, you know, you'll buy it, you'll have, you know, lifetime access and, you know, I'll, I'll try and add to it. Um, I'm trying, you know, it's a challenge to make a crypto course um, that's going to kind of stand up against time, right? Because everything changes so fast. But I've really tried to take that approach to where, you know, these are kind of the fundamental principles of crypto and investing in it. And they're going to remain true, you know, over the years. Um, but when it comes to the more project specific uh, stuff that I share, you know, I'll, I'll try and keep that updated. Um, and I'll be providing kind of supplemental uh, material as well, you know, in terms of like templates for investment planning, templates for, you know, calculating uh, your, your uh, passive income interest and figuring out, you know, when you can retire, what that's going to look like. So um, I want it to be a complete kind of tool bit, toolkit uh, or, or tackle box, right? Uh, uh, for the crypto investor or for anyone that's, you know, really interested in learning about the space. You know, if you have an interview in crypto and you need to get up to speed, you know, the course should do that for you as well, right? So um, that hopefully is, is a good explanation uh, for what I'm trying to do with that. I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, we're excited to see uh, the, the final product when, it's, when it launches, I believe, summertime, you mentioned to me offline. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Uh, look, um, what we'll do is maybe we should uh, run this back again at some point and talk about DeFi, NFTs, the projects that you like, uh, and maybe go into more an in-depth uh, discussion at that point. But look, uh, this will be also broadcast as a podcast. So for anyone listening, do you mind just going through your socials and giving the website again? Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm kind of most active. So I'm just at Shahar Abrams, my name that you see here at the bottom. Uh, at Shahar Abrams, and uh, the website is roadtobabylon.org. Uh, so you can go and look through that. Um, uh, the newsletter, uh, roadtobabylon.org slash newsletter-archive is all the newsletters uh, that you can see. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you can also find the company on LinkedIn if you're into that sort of thing. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, that, that's uh, all, all the news fit to print. Awesome. Well, look, thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, we can speak soon again. Yeah, thank you, sir. I, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy talking to, to people in the space and um, uh, definitely happy to do it again. We can talk about, you know, even more cool crypto stuff. So there's always stuff to talk about. If you've made it so far, thank you for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed the podcast with Shahar Abrams. If you're interested in following him, I've left all his social media details in the show notes. For anyone new to Celsius, you can use my referral code where you can earn $40 in Bitcoin if you deposit $400 or more in crypto and hold it for more than 30 days. Finally, a shout out for my patrons who've made this podcast possible. Thank you for your continued support. It is very much appreciated. That's all for today. I'll catch you in the next one.